Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by Pastor Mike Toomey. Welcome, Mike. It's good to have you. It is great to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, this is the the first podcast that we've done, and uh, we're excited to see where it goes. I think there's so, you know, studying God's Word personally and, and by yourself is essential to our life of faith. Yes, it is. But there's another level, I think, that we reach when we do it together. Absolutely. When we're able to to have a conversation, to ask questions uh, you'll come to the text and see things that I might not or, or vice versa. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really rich when we do that. And today we're going to dive into a story uh, that, that's tough. I think it's tough for, for readers and it has been for centuries. Yeah, you, for our first one, you had to pick this text to start with, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Why okay. not start with the, with the really tough stuff and wrestle with it together? I think that's, uh, we'll come out with some, maybe not all the answers. And maybe not all the questions either. No, but we're going to learn something. Yes, we are. So where we're going to be today is, is towards the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, that first book. And we're going to hear a story about a man named Abraham and his son, Isaac. This is Genesis 22, uh, starting with the first verse. We'll go through verse 19. I'll read that for us. And this is out of the, uh, the NIV. And so we'll begin. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. The two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. 
did not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there, in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horn. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants. They set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, no doubt you have heard that story before, you've read that story before, I think as a way to, to kind of slow down as we approach a text like that. The, the first question that I have for you and, and for me is, is what, what stood out as you heard that? God asked him to do what? <laughs> yeah. That's my, main, that's my question that I'm asking when I look at this. I think that that is the question of what on earth was God up to at, in this particular event. We believe that we have a good God, that we have a gracious God, that we have a, a loving God. And he asked him, Abraham, to sacrifice his only son, the son that he loved. And, and that's mind-boggling. There's a, there's a story, uh, Martin Luther, who, who was a great thinker, uh, for our listeners who haven't heard that name before, a great thinker about faith, was reading this story with his family. And uh, he got to the end of it, and his wife, Katie, said something like, I can't believe that God did that. And, and Luther said, but Katie, he did. And I think that the, the question that we have to wrestle with is, yes, exactly, what is God up to in this, this event, this moment, this thing that, that did happen? What is, what is God doing here? Um, and so I think, you know, it might be important for us, well, it definitely is important to us, uh, for us to, to frame this story a little bit within the larger context. So I think that's is, a really good idea. Yep. Who is Isaac? Who is Isaac? Uh, so Abraham and Sarah have one child together. And it's important for us to remember as we jump into this part of the story, Abraham and Sarah are old. They're really, really old. Um, Careful. Yeah. Um, I'm getting there, which is a good thing. But if I remember right, um, later on in all these scripture, one of the one of the authors in, in the New Testament said Abraham was as good as dead at this point. I, I mean, Abraham is 
he's a very elderly man. Uh, the likelihood of these two having another child is preposterous. And would God work his miracle again for them to have another child together? Right. So Isaac, this this child by which the, the promise of God comes, God made a promise to Abraham that he would uh, be a great nation, that his family would right. be vast, that, that there would be as many descendants as stars in the sky, sand in the, on the beach. And, and uh, it's through Isaac that this comes to happen. And, and they were old when they had Isaac, right? They didn't right. believe that they would be able to have uh, right. this child. So Isaac's name means laughter. And when three visitors came to Abraham and Sarah to say, by this time, you know, we're going to come and visit you again. By the time we visit you again, you're going to have a child. Sarah laughed. Hmm. And that ends up being the child's name. That's the child's name. So for, so for them, Isaac is the means by which God's promises come true. Right. And this is one. There, there's not... Um, a spare. Right. So so what is it, I think we can both agree that, that when we hear this story, when we read this story, when we wrestle with this story, what are the things that, that make this story so difficult for us to, to hear, to interpret, to understand? One, I think as a parent myself, I can't imagine doing this. I just, I can't. Cannot imagine this. And for those that have imagined this because they've made paintings and drawings and whatnot, they really draw out the brutality of what this could have been like. Was Isaac um, passive in this process or was he actively struggling? Um, we have a piece of art in, in our up at our north campus here in Fargo. Um, it, it's a it's a piece of art where where Isaac looks a little passive. But you look at some other artists who who have done this. Um, there's a Dutch um, artist that that did a very graphic uh, a, a painting of, of this as well. And then uh, there's an Italian, and his last name was Repro. And again, if you were to uh, take a look at any of those paintings, uh, copies of those paintings, you see just pain and struggle that this particular event was about. And it becomes even more unimaginable for someone like me to have God ask me to do that. Mm. We, we actually, um, <clears throat> so to kind of lighten things up, um, we were talking a little bit beforehand. Um, and up here at the North Campus, we have a daycare, and we have little itty-bitty kids, toddlers, running around. And um, uh, this painting is close to my office, and I was walking between my office and somewhere else, and so were the children. I'm greeting the children and having fun. Hey, how are you doing, kids? Oh, we're great. They were great. And then one of, the, uh, one of our daycare workers said to me, Pastor Mike, the children are asking about the paintings on the wall. And we're standing, of course, right by the binding of Isaac. Can you tell us about this story? Oh, boy. Yeah. And now you're talking to kids that are about 20 months old, 22, 23, 36 months old, right? What's this story about? And, and to be honest, I balked. I said, well, Abraham and Isaac went on a camping trip. <laughs> Hey, in some ways they did. That, that, that was about as truthful as I could get with the kids, right? There, there are some things that you just kind of funnel through the through, 
this is a story for a little later when, when yeah, this is a story for later in your life. As I look at the, the story and as I read it, I look at the, it's told in a very artful way. Yep. In a, and there's not a wasted word. No. Um, and the details are laid out in very, uh, in a very simple way, stark way. And they don't actually tell us how Abraham rea- re- reacted. We see, we see his words. Mm-hmm. We don't see his face. We no. don't, we don't he, he see if there's tears running down his cheeks. We don't, we don't know how Isaac uh, reacted or what, what he was like. Um, but I, I wonder, what are, what are the things that are going, and we can't know this, but what are the things that are going through Abraham's mind as he, he walks that journey? And, and Scripture says it's, it's a three-day journey till they see the place, I believe. And, and so I imagine that's a long time to walk knowing what's coming. Right. I think with all the questions that we get here, you know, what, what was Abraham, what was going through his mind? What was his demeanor? What was his behavior? What was Isaac's demeanor? What was his behavior like in, in all of this process? And there are so many things that I don't understand. And the only way I can understand this story is through the lens of the cross. Hmm. When you read this story, and if you know the story of Jesus you realize that there are some very deep parallels here with what Abraham did and the life of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. He is the only Son of God. He is the Son that God loves. And Jesus gives his life as a sacrifice, as a lamb, for the sake of God's love to the world, to show us forgiveness, life, salvation. Um, That's the only way I can really, truly understand this story. God stopped Abraham from doing this. This is not for you to do. But this is something God said, I will do, as the Father gives the Son. Yeah, and there's just so many layers th- that make it almost impossible for for Abraham. I think of of the fact that as he's walking towards that mountain, in his mind he must be thinking, well, if if I go through with this, then the promise that God made becomes void. Yeah. Yeah. There is an interesting line in this story, and I don't know how Abraham said it. Um, so on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. He says we. So the question, the first time I'm kind of reading this, was Abraham just lying and blowing smoke so that everyone would stay calm? And I suppose that's one way to interpret that. Or is there another way to interpret that particular verse? 
and to realize that Abraham knew God was asking him to do something, and yet somehow he and the boy, or was Abraham already, or excuse me, Isaac already an adult? Would Abraham and Isaac both return? And the more I read this story, the more I want to interpret that particular line as Abraham believed that he and Isaac would truly come back as they were, right? So his faith is the thing that tells him, I don't know what God is doing. I don't know how this is going to play out but I'm going to trust that after the dust settles, Isaac and I will come back. That's, that's my best mm-hmm. interpretation of what's going on in Abraham's mind. Well, I think, I, mean, I think Abraham's words in this story actually are very insightful, give us a lot of clues, like the one you just mentioned, but also there's, there's another place where, where Isaac asks, he says, Where's the lamb as they're walking? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Right. And Abraham answered him, and this is what Abraham says. He says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Yeah. Does a- Again, we could, we could look at that two ways. We could go back to, is he blowing smoke so they can make the rest of this journey peacefully? Right. Or does he believe, trust, know? that God will provide. Yep. And I think it's that. Yes. I want it to be that. It, and, and, and I a, believe it's that. And further where I believe this actually points to Jesus is that the Lord does provide a, another sacrifice here. Um, he doesn't provide a lamb, though. He provides a ram. So how does this point to Jesus? Jesus is the lamb. Uh, as we hear time and time again in, in the Gospels, is Jesus is the Lamb of God, um, for, given for the sake of humanity. And so I think that's another tidbit that points us to the cross of Christ. Where God did the thing that Abraham didn't have to, that you and I don't have to. Yeah. Because he did. Yeah, he did. The thing that we would never... So when we read this text, you know, we have, I think, all these layers of emotion of, of how, how, how terrible this must feel for Abraham, how terrible this must feel for Isaac. And then when we read that through the lens of the cross and we, we imagine, well, God, God takes those emotions on. God does that thing. What an amazing God we have who would do that for us. Absolutely. That's what this story does. It points us to that story about the God who did. Well, there is no doubt in my mind that we could wrestle with this story for hours and hours and hours and that we would find more and more to talk about. But I think one last question I want to ask you, Pastor Mike, is... When we come to us, you know, for people who are just approaching Scripture and maybe new to Scripture, coming back to Scripture, when we, when we find a, a story that's, that's hard for us to wrestle with, like, like this one, 
where the comfort isn't immediate, um, where, where we don't quite know what God is up to, what do we do? We wrestle. And that's another story that I think eventually this podcast is going to get to is wrestling with God. But this is one of the ways that we can wrestle with God when we do run into that hard story. Keep wrestling. Keep keep chewing on it. Keep Ask other people about it. You can read the footnotes. If you have a study Bible, you know, the footnotes are often a great way to get deeper understanding, a really good way. But sometimes even those footnotes are going to leave you wanting. So keep asking and keep wrestling with this, and keep understanding the story from beginning to end, realizing that none of these stories live in isolation with one another, but they all work together, pointing to a God who is restoring the world through Jesus, his death, his resurrection, and his return. The pieces fit together to make the whole the whole story, the whole narrative of God's redemption of this world. And we're going to continue to put those pieces together each week with this podcast. We hope to see you back next week. Uh, Thank you, thank you for joining us. This is Deeply Rooted.